quite amazing when um, I speak to people how all of us at one time or other have got quite stressed about the question, what's God's will for my life? And uh, often people get quite nervous, and I know I have, you kind of coming to God and saying, what is your will for my life? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? I want to be in your will. I want to hear your voice. And we can sometimes get quite strained in trying to hear his voice and uh, quite panicky then if we're out of his will. We think, well, I'm, am I out of your will? Will you speak? Sometimes people can get quite nervous about their motivation, doing a good work, but then questioning their motivation. Is my motivation pure? Am I doing okay, God? Will you, you know, I'm going to search my own heart. I'm going to find out why am I doing what I'm doing. I'm going to read you some wonderful verses that I found incredibly liberating in this whole thing about hearing God's voice. And that's in uh, John chapter 10 and verse 27. And I just believe as we look at these verses and feed on these verses and meditate on these verses, there's a huge amount of freedom in there for us. Huge amount of freedom from anxiety and the stress of trying to hear God's voice. And it says in John chapter 10 and verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. Or another translation will say, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And we're going to be looking at this from lots of different angles But the overarching thing we're going to be considering is this, is that hearing the Good Shepherd's voice is actually God's problem and God's responsibility. We'll be looking at it from lots of angles and lots of perspectives, but ultimately we're going to come away with a fresh sense of rest, a fresh sense of peace, and a fresh sense of going, it's not all resting on me, actually... Hearing your voice is the shepherd's responsibility and the shepherd's problem. Because it says, my sheep hear my voice. Jesus loves us very much, but being called a sheep is not a compliment. (laughs) And he has shared his glory with us. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he does delight in us. And love us. And at the same time, he knows how we're made. And he calls us sheep. And he's not giving a compliment. He's not saying, my church is fluffy and warm and cuddly. He's saying, actually, my sheep and sheep tend to be a little bit stupid at times. I don't know if you've ever been to places like Wales. Uh, We went on a holiday in, in, in... I think when we were kids in 1981, and loads of sheep were just following one another and walking off the top of a cliff and landing on the beach, which sheep can't fly, so that was not good for them. And Because that's what sheep do. They're sometimes prone to wander, and sometimes they're just a little bit stupid, and sometimes they fall in a ditch, and sometimes they get lost, and sometimes the shepherd has to go and find them. And so he's saying, look... Hearing is my problem and my responsibility because you're sheep. (laughs) Because you need a shepherd. Because you're prone to wander and you're prone to be silly at times 
and you're prone to maybe fall in a ditch, but I'm not going to let you do that because I'm a good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. He knows how we're made. He knows how we're made. And sometimes we have the idea of God that he, he created us and then he watches to see if we're going to get it. And he sometimes looks from a distance and thinks, I'm just going to watch and see if they get it, to see if they get it all right, to see if they're hungry enough for me, to see if they'll get it done. But actually he knows we're sheep and he knows how to take care of us. Hearing is his responsibility. Hearing is his problem. I'm a sheep. I'm prone to wander. He's the shepherd. He knows how to take care of me. He knows how to take care of you. Remember hearing um, Bill Johnson say when their son Eric was born and their son Eric is 80% deaf, I believe in both ears, so that's about 20% hearing. And the family said, how are we going to make sure he hears? And Bill Johnson says, we'll compensate for his deafness. We will compensate. We will find a way to make sure that he hears, that we communicate in a way that he hears. So it might be we speak and we make sure he's looking at us because otherwise he's not going to hear. It might be we have to articulate more thoroughly. It might be we have to speak slightly louder because he needs to know that we're going to help him overcome every area of deafness by compensating for his limitation. And that's what God does for us. That's why he says, my sheep hear my voice. He knows that there's areas where we're just a little deaf in. He knows there's parts of us where we struggle to hear. He knows that he needs to compensate for those areas. He says, my sheep will hear my voice. And he says to you today, I'll take responsibility for making sure you hear. I'll pick up the baton of the problem of making sure you hear my voice in every and any and every situation and any circumstance you hear. And this brings great hope to us and great joy to us and great peace to us because suddenly we realise that hearing his voice hearing the shepherd speak, hearing the good father speak, our confidence is not in our ability to get it. Because sometimes we stress and strain and say, yeah, I'm open to hear God, I'm open to hear God, I'm positioning myself, I'm posturing myself to hear God, I'm going to make sure I do everything in my power to position myself to hear. And actually our confidence is not in our ability to be open, It's not even in our ability to posture and position. It's actually in his ability to speak and be heard. That's where our confidence always is. My sheep listen. My sheep hear my voice. I know my sheep and they follow me. You simply never ever have to stress to hear him speak. You simply never have to strain and have white knuckles and get all anxious in order to hear his guidance or to hear his wisdom or to hear his perspective. In fact, guidance is God's responsibility. Guidance is God's responsibility. You don't have to stress 
to find out his will. Sometimes people think, I'm really enjoying this job, or I would love to do that, or that's something I'm really excited about. Well, that can't be God's will, can it? Because he really wants me to be miserable. I've heard it said, people say, don't mention that nation because he'll send you there. Because that's what he's like. Somehow he's watching to hear if you express any desire. What about if life was like this? I love people and hospitality. I'm going to pursue hospitality and working with people. I love the arts, theatre, drama, film, music. I'm going to pursue that. What if in the kingdom it's the, the light is always green until the good shepherd speaks and it goes red? What about if you don't need to stress and strive and wonder, am I in your will or not? Because the other thing that people fear fear is, if I step out into what I love and I didn't hear his voice in some way or have a whole host of confirmations, and I want to say actually there is a sense in which it is important on a journey, on big decisions, to have a story. It is important to have a story. It is important that you think, I know I'm here because I've got a story. But I think sometimes we can get almost superstitious about that and think if I don't know if I haven't somehow tarried and begged for a, um, some kind of word from you, that if I'm in the wrong place, you're going to pull the rug out from under my feet and you won't make it successful. So I'm all for the story. Paul, in the Bible, had a story. And when he got to Macedonia, he had a story. We tried to go here. We were going here, but the Holy Spirit's voice said no. We were going to go here, but God blocked it. So we, I had a dream and a man from Macedonia said, come over here, and we concluded that God wanted us to go there. I get, that's a wonderful example of he speaks and he's heard. But Paul is thinking the whole world needs to hear the gospel. I can go here and it's God's will. I can go there and it's God's will. Well, God seems to have blocked that. God seems to have blocked that. I've got a story, but the man from Macedonia has a dream. Well, we're going to conclude we're going here. What about if following him was just restful and easy without any superstition and any stressing and straining to find out his will because he speaks and we hear and it's really in this moment that our role comes in when the shepherd whistles and speaks and the sheep hear now we're in my responsibility part my part is obedience my part is to live my life until the shepherd whistles come over, come over here And now I've got a word from God and I'm going to be obedient to that. Because my responsibility comes the moment I hear. So I'm not stressing and straining and getting anxious and superstitious about his voice. But I'm going to be responsive to any, any word from him. I'm going to move with the shepherd's voice. That's my responsibility. And so he says, my sheep hear my voice. In other words, my sons and daughters have the inbuilt capacity to recognise the shepherd's voice. There might be other voices, but the sheep know when he speaks. The sheep know. Sons and daughters pick up the frequency of the father. That's father. That's, That's the good father. That's my older brother Jesus. That's Holy Spirit speaking. I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to respond to that voice. He's such a beautiful, good shepherd. 
And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I want you to know there's something to get in on if you don't know Jesus. There is something to get in on if you don't know him. Because he says, my sheep. Now you, you might be here this morning and think, I don't know Jesus. And he's saying to you, you can be one of my sheep today. I'll look after you too. And so some of those people are exhausted and har- harassed and troubled and anxious and fearful about many things. Come into the sheepfold of the good shepherd because he wants to call you one of my sheep too. He wants to know you to know that rest. It's so easy to come in. You just say, I want in. I need a shepherd like you, Jesus. I need, I need someone just like you in my life. And you can come in by just saying in your heart, I want to be shepherded by the good shepherd. I want to come in. And Jesus has made a way for you to come in. It's like a prepaid ticket for you to come in. And you can come in freely through what he has done. Christian, your birthright is to hear the voice of God. It's your birthright to hear the voice of God. It's the right of the child of God to hear God in their heart speak. His confirmation, his affirmation, his love, his delight, his pleasure, his plans, his purposes. It's your birthright to hear. It's not hard to hear his voice. It's your birthright to hear his voice. I want to talk about what he talks about. Because one of the things he speaks about, because he knows us, he knows us, he shepherds what's going on inside of us. And something of what we felt this morning when we were talking about shame and how he liberates us from feeling bad about who we are and guilt and liberates us from the weight of the things that we've done wrong. He shepherds us inside of us. It's a wonderful thing to know that we don't shepherd ourselves. We don't, we're not looking after ourselves. We're being shepherded by him. And when he speaks, he gives strength. When the good shepherd speaks, he upbuilds you. When the good shepherd speaks, he encourages you. When the good shepherd speaks, he comforts you. When he speaks, he alleviates grief. And he alleviates distress. He exhorts us to do something. Encourages us to do something. He's the one who says, you can do it. He's the one at the line and the sports day saying, go for it, go for it, go for it. You can run this race. You can do well. You can do more than you realise. You're more than a conqueror. You've got Christ in you. This is possible. You can do it. You've got the capacity. You can draw on me. You might be saying, who's sufficient for these things? And he says, I'll make you sufficient. Draw on me. My voice will strengthen you. My voice will encourage you. My voice will alleviate distress. My voice will do this. And I want to finish with this by saying that the, the, the good shepherd's voice is relational. The good shepherd's voice is relational. Servants and soldiers, all they want is orders. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Tell me where I'm meant to fight and I'll go and fight. Tell me uh, just what your instructions are. That's what servants do. And I don't think we ever grow out of being servants. We can see we're illustrated also as soldiers. 
I don't think we grow out of needing instructions from Jesus. I don't think we grow out of needing battle plans from Jesus. But our first identity is sons and daughters. That's who we are. That's who we are. We might be busy on the father's business. We might be busy, sometimes unfortunately, like the eldest son in Luke 15, who was busy slaving away, trying to earn the favour, trying to earn inheritance, trying to earn acceptance, trying to earn love. And actually, he comes to the father and says, actually, I'm your father. You're always with me. Everything I have is yours. Got to be relational. In that place of I'm delighting in the Lord, I'm enjoying him. He's my father. It's always a relational thing. It's not just I need instructions, I need orders, I need to know what to do. Sometimes we're after him because we say, I want something from you, but I don't want you. I just want you to give me some advice. I want you to tell me what to do. But actually the call of the believer is, I want you. I don't just want to know what to do. I don't want to just have some instructions and a battle plan and a strategy. I'm here to hear your voice. And sometimes when we're with him, he's not always interested in just telling us what to do and giving instructions and giving us orders and commands. He just wants us to be with him and be still with him and enjoy his presence. I love this song I heard this week about he's in the waiting. It's in that moment when we're waiting for him to do the promise. We're waiting for him to fulfill the word. We're waiting for him to bring about the prophetic word. He's in the waiting. He's in the moment before. This week I was writing about the whole thing of day two. That the the, the day one is when you get the prophetic word. Day two is when you're waiting for it. Day two is for the disciples. Jesus has been crucified. Jesus is in the grave. Is Jesus the Messiah? Is he going to raise from the dead again? Is everything he promised going to come about? Is he who he promised to be? Will he rise again after three days? Day two, when you don't know what's going to happen. Day two... Jesus has ascended. He's promised the Holy Spirit. Jesus has said, I'm going to build my church. Day two, how's he going to build his church? Who's the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit going to do? Day two, just going to be, he's in the waiting. And then there's Pentecost. There's resurrection. Sometimes it is day two, and we're wanting to get, give me the instructions, give me the orders, give me the strategy, give me the means to get to day three and fulfill the promise, and he's in the waiting. Yeah. I'm relational. <laughs> I just want to be with you. No, no, God, I want to get something done. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to fix. Tell me what to do. He says, no, actually, I'm relational. You'll hear my voice. I'm in the waiting. I'm in the waiting. I'm in the moment before the promise. I'm in the moment before the fulfillment. He's not always in a hurry to give instructions and to give commands because he's so, so relational. And he so loves the process. Something I've learned most over the last five years. Many, many promises from God. Many things longing to see happen. Many things that are kind of day two status. I've got the promise. I'm not seeing the manifestation. Day three, I know is coming when I'm going to see more of that. What am I going to do in day two? God said to me, Six years ago, I don't want it to be so hard for you. I want to do most of the pulling. He quoted in the prophetic word Isaiah, I've said it, I'll do it. Five years of trying to understand what's your part, what's my part. 
Trying to understand that actually he's in the waiting. He's so relational. That's what it means for it not to be so hard for you. That's what it means for him to be doing most of the pulling in the yoke. Do you remember in the Bible it talks about my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's because they used to put the big they used to put a big ox in the yoke to plough the field with a little ox. And the little ox was to learn from the big ox of how the big ox pulled and how the big ox responded to the farmer. And it's realising Jesus is the big ox. Jesus is the big ox. And I'm in the yoke, you're in the yoke with him, but we're the little ox. We're looking at the big ox. Oh, you pull like this? Oh, that's how you respond to the father's voice? Oh, that's where you rest and you lead me beside quiet waters and, and you restore my soul. Oh, that's what you do, big ox. That's how you did it. Oh, you're leading me through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm learning, big ox, that your rod and your staff comfort me so I'm not overwhelmed with fear. Ah, there are times of feasting in the presence of my enemy. Ah, and your goodness and love is following me all the days of my life. And that's what it means. That's what the faith is. It's us trying to do it for him. Sometimes we're like this with Jesus. Big ox, get out of the way. You're not moving fast enough. And you're not moving quick enough. Get out of the yoke, big ox. I'm going to do it. Watch. Six years. And... We have, we, I think we're moving. Oh, big ox, come back. Get back in the yoke. I want to learn from you. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And that's a relational thing. We just learn to trust. We learn to rest in him. We learn to follow him. And he leads by love. He leads by love. That's how he always leads us. Even when he says, I'm speaking my things to you, your responsibility is to follow and obey. That comes with an affectionate voice and a beautiful releasing tone that just causes us to think, oh Jesus, I want to be with you. I want to obey you. I want to follow you. I'm all in with you. His tone is so beautiful. He's not the tone of a slave driver or the harsh parent or the critical voice, or the one who says, could have done, should have done, could have tried better, or the voice that says, yeah, you fasted, but I would have brought revival if you'd not eaten that marshmallow. (laughs) I saw it. We were on the breakthrough. You couldn't even resist the marshmallow, could you? We'll wait a bit longer. I I would have spoken to you, but I was going to speak to you if you read two chapters. You only read one. (laughs) I was about to speak the breakthrough, but you only prayed for five minutes and I was in the ten. He's not asked like that. He's beautiful, relational. His tone is wonderful. And when we know his tone, we want to be with him. If If we're reading the Bible and we come out of it feeling more hopeless, then we've read it with the wrong lenses on. We should always read it and feel, I've been with the God of all hope. Some of his peace and joy and hope is rubbing off on me. If we come away from being with Jesus and we feel more heavy and more despondent and more hopeless, I'm not sure who we've been with. It could have been that we were just with ourselves, talking at our worries and our fears and our unbelief. When he speaks, he produces life. When he speaks, he confirms. When he speaks, he affirms. He doesn't negate us. He doesn't put us down. He doesn't deny us. 
He lifts us up. He's the glory. He's the lifter of our head. We always come out of his presence feeling more bold and more confident and more courageous and more able than we were before. And sometimes all it is is saying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, fill me again, friend, come alongside me again, come alongside me again, lead me into all truth, let me see Jesus, transform my heart more and more and more to a trusting, believing, confident heart in you. Amen.